What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 70. What's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? Uh, a little a little misty-eyed. I was watching this um, Adam Sandler video a minute ago or before I came on about Chris Farley. Oof. Oh, that's tough. It it got me right in the feels, right in the feels. See, I was also in my feels today, but for a different reason. Oh, for what? So someone at work, I work at the radio station, and the janitor at the college does does a show every Friday night. So I'm pretty close with him. We talk and stuff like that. And he told me that he's having his first kid, and he showed me a video because his uh, wife filmed the reaction of him opening a card and like the pregnancy test was in there and I was like and he was like going nuts I was like now nah, I'm gonna cry <laughs> damn it <laughs> so so yeah. that yeah it got me a little bit pregnancy reveals yeah get me they get me every time um, the best are like the grandparents oh uh, yeah where it's like are you bleeping me and then the tears start coming the waterworks go like crazy those are good is that what happened with you no, it was not. It was nothing magical like that. It was, I was sitting there waiting, and then she did the thing with the stick as you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Oh, yep, we got it, yay!" It was more magical. I'm using air quotes here for the first for Elliot. Um, when it came to Basha, it wasn't. It wasn't very magical. She actually woke me up. She had taken the test in the morning before going to work, and she's like, "Hey, wake up! Yeah, I'm pregnant. How oh, cool! Great." <laughs> That's, <all it> was. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, the magic is there for the first one. It is not so much necessarily after that. Not to say that we don't love Basha equally, but the reveal was not as magical. There was no reveal really. So, right, the first time is always going to be different, and that's understandable. Yeah, exactly. Mitch, do you have addition for us for number seventy? No one who's worn number seventy. Although, to be fair, uh, I, I need to bring it up. Apparently, someone has worn number 69, uh, and I want to thank, uh, he came to the comments, his name is Declan, 
And he said, there are two players that have worn the number 69. Andrew Desjardins played 17 games in 2010-2011 season and 76 games in 11-12 with San Jose. So, I actually didn't read the San Jose part, so he obviously had that wrong. I don't hmm. get it. So, I don't know. I don't understand why they came. Anyways, so Declan, you got me on the not reading part. Good job by you, but we're talking about Islanders players, so I don't know why you would leave this comment on our podcast. Wait, <laughs> didn't he say, say that, that he he played the games? He played with the Islanders or he didn't? What's his name? Nope. His name is Declan. He's just, I'm not sure if you're talking about Islanders players specifically, but two players have worn 69, Desjardins and Mel Angstella, but they played oh. for the San Jose Sharks and the Washington Capitals. I didn't read that section until just now. So Okay. See, now thanks, I Declan. was confused even. That's all right. He was just trying so, to help. Yeah, he's trying to help, but he got me on the not reading part. And then you, he, you got me because he got you on the not listening part. A whole I lot not, of getting. Yeah, so we were both bamboozled. <laughs> a lot of bamboozled. That's what we'll call this episode, bamboozled. Or um, we can call it the Devin Tays episode yes! because he got called up today. Woo, that was a terrible yes. My God. Do you want some fries with that? <laughs> My voice cracked. I'm going to have a beer to make myself feel more manly. There you go. Uh, I found out at the. I was still at the office, and I got the notification or the the tweet notification from. I think I guess it was Arthur Staple, and I was pretty amped when I found out about it. Obviously, I'm not amped that Thomas Hickey is hurt. I didn't want it to happen under these circumstances, but I certainly wanted to see Devin Tays, and I'm excited to see what he has. Yeah, well, so we knew that he was going to get called up eventually for something, and it was going to have to be an injury, right? They weren't going to buy out Lucas Pisa for example, and keep Adam Pellick on the scratch pad. God forbid. God forbid. I understand why they, they, they don't do that because they're risk averse and they know what they got, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes again, with Lucas Pisa. Um, so they're not going to go in and get rid of him to have an unknown quantity in Devin Taystippen because what if he's, God forbid, terrible? I don't think he will. I really doubt that. But okay. just in case, you got to keep Lucas Pisa around. Yeah, so he's going to be uh, this year's Dennis Seidenberg. It seems see Dennis Seidenberg played. Yeah, that's true. He did play a lot more than Lucas Spiza. Spiza has only really played six games. Hickey, six games, right? And the most recent <laughs> stint was because Hickey couldn't go last night. That's right. And so on, on that, uh, we had this question in in our WhatsApp group, our Eyes on Isles WhatsApp group. And what's your over under, or what's the over under on Devin Tays playing? God, how do I say this? How soon does Devin Tays play over under? 3.5 games. Do you take the under? So does he sit for oh. three games or four? Oh, 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 I think he sits for one game and then plays after that. I don't think he sits at all. I think he plays against Ve- uh, against Vegas? No, oh. Dallas. To Tomorrow? Oh, no, Vegas, Vegas is tomorrow. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. way ahead of myself. Yes, I think so he plays gonna- against Vegas. They're going to fly him across country and then not practice and he's going to play? I think so. I don't think they like Lucas Pisa. Uh, I, I disagree. I, I think they're going to go with Lucas Pisa. You're, you're, you're probably right, but I really don't think they like Lucas Pisa. Look, why did they call him up then? Because they wanted to they... play on Saturday. Or Do whenever the next time they play is, yeah. If, so if he sits for two games and it doesn't really make, make any sense to call him up now because he's going to miss uh, Bridgeport time... Um, I think they want him now because they don't like what they've seen in Lucas Pisa. He was okay 
on uh, just the other day against yesterday actually against Arizona, but that was Arizona, and they 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 provided no pressure. They did nothing uh, offensively against the Islanders. Yes, they scored a goal, but that was like the flukiest goal of fluky goals. I, I just don't think they like Lucas Spisa, and they, they saw what he was giving, and they're going, we can't play another two games with this guy getting 15 to 20 minutes. We can't do it. we got to no. get a guy that can that can do something to get the puck out because against better teams, we're, gone, we're not going to do well. I agree with you. I also don't like Lucas Spisa. I just don't necessarily think that they're going to put Devin Tazen, who hasn't played an NHL game without an NHL practice first. I, I, I'm going with the under on the 3.5 and I'd even go in the under at 1.5. Okay. I think he sits for no games and he plays right away. But I, I understand what you're saying though. I, I see that point because look, they they took their time with Josh Hosang and they took their time with Michael Del Cole. Mm-hmm. So the precedence has been set. I just, I don't think in terms of like for what he likes in terms of defense, I don't think he goes and he puts Lucas Spies out there because he offers him nothing. I agree with you. I don't like Lucas Spies at all, and I would much rather see Taze. <laughs> I like him as a person. Like, let's give him that much. I don't know him as a person. He could be a dingus, I don't, for all I know. <laughs> okay. But I would rather see Taze, if, if that's what we're getting at here. Definitely. And in the AHL, he has put up really good numbers for now the third year in a row in 24 games he has 19 points five goals 14 assists just won the fastest skater in 2017 ahl's all-star game so that was two years ago um he's put up how many points in total in the ahl this is his third year of ahl experience right Right, so he had 45 his first year in 76 games. Last year he only played 30 games, but he had 22. So 45 and 22 is 67, plus another 19 is 86. Six. Yep. So he's up there. He's up there in terms of points. So what's the expectation when he comes to the NHL? What would be, let's say he plays 10 games, because it doesn't seem that um, what... Uh, Thomas Hickey has is, is necessarily serious. It's serious in so much as it seems like it could be a concussion, although I, we haven't heard what it is mm-hmm. exactly. And the team is probably just taking their time with him. Like, you know what? You can take a, like a couple days, a couple weeks just to get right to make sure that everything is fine before you have to come back or before you, you should come back. Um, what is the next? What's what do we expect from Devin Tays in, let's say, 10 games? How many points? Points or, or, or what do you think he does? I think points wise, I'll go. I'll go three. That's points. exactly what I was going to say. Three points. Nothing. I don't think he even gets half a point a game. But sorry, you want to say more? Yeah, I. I think he's going to be good at skating the puck out of the zone. I think he's going to be similar to Nick Letty in a sense that they are both fast lefty skaters, and I, don't, I like Taze's ceiling. I just think that it. It's going to take him a little bit to get adjusted. That's all. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the expectation here is that he does a bit. He has flashes, and then he eventually goes back, uh, and he, he takes this experience and, and builds on it and realizes, okay, this is what I need to do for the rest of my time in the AHL this year because next year I'm going to be in the NHL. Right, and I think the expectation should be, I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but 2019-2020 season that he is a full-time NHL player playing every yeah. game. 
Absolutely. And maybe earlier, depending on what happens in terms of, I don't know, uh, trade deadline stuff, right? Mm -hmm. They trade, I don't know, someone. Pelican. They might need room in there. For a bag of pucks. (laughs) Come on. Um, I I think that's the the why the, the the reasonable expectation is just to say he might put up a few points. Let's not get too excited um, about him staying here the rest of the year. He's not going to. That's not going to happen unless again someone gets traded or Thomas Hickey's injury is more serious than we we were led to believe. Yeah, or if they just say, hey, um, not Adam Pellick, Adam Pellick, uh Lucas Spisa is god awful. Let's cut bait and. Just go with Devin Tays in the lineup. Yeah, that's true. If they open up a spot, essentially, we can maybe see him staying. But at this point, it doesn't seem... It would be weird if they opened up a spot because that doesn't seem like something that they would do. It would be very unlike Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo. I agree with you there. Yeah. So our expectations, we shouldn't get too ahead of ourselves. I know we want to. I don't know we always do because um, it's exciting when uh, a prospect of the ilk of like a Josh saying or a Devin Taves comes up. Um, but let's just realize that this year isn't supposed to be the year. It can be, but it probably won't. So let's set an expectation that, like, let's see he puts up, like, a third, a point every three games max, um, but he looks comfortable. I think that's the only expectation we should have is that he looks comfortable. And if he doesn't look comfortable, then we might have to think, like, oh, what's going on there? But he still has a full year to get over that, to, to change his game. Yeah, exactly. And I think the fact that he's a little bit older will help, too, mm-hmm. just because he has a little bit more experience. So. Sure. He's, what, 24 already? Yeah, he's 24. So, yeah. I, I think he's going to be absolutely fine. And I think what we're really trying to do here is just manage expectations and set the bar a little low. But I bet you he does even better than what we've been saying right now. Absolutely. All right. Want to get into some goalie chat, Mitch? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so Robin Leonard's on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Thomas Grice's contract expires after next year. That's right. What do you think the future of this goaltending situation for the Islanders is? Is it Ela Sorokin? Is it a big free agent? What do you think? You would have to hope it's Ilya Sorokin. Or or one of the other two guys, like Linus Soderstrom or Jakob Skarek. I, I really think it's Ilya Sorokin. Uh, all the chips are in on him. It's just they got to wait a while to get him. Um, so it, it's possible that another solution comes up before him. I know a lot of people are looking at Sergei Bobrovsky's going to be a free agent, but let's be honest, Sergei Bobrovsky's going to ask for the moon in terms of term and money. And I don't know if you want to do that for a 30-year-old. He's going to be 31 soon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I really hope that it is Sorokin. They'd have to wait until after next season. So... I think this is what my plan would be. I'm a big plan guy, so yes, I want to share. Okay. I would extend Leonard. I would give him like a three or a four-year deal at maybe like between three and four million dollars, something like that. So a similar Thomas Grice contract, yeah. and then he will essentially serve as Thomas Grice once Grice's contract expires. So then it'll end up being Leonard and Sorokin. Okay. All right. I don't know about that. I, I, I like the plan. I shouldn't say I don't I don't know about it as if I don't like it. I like the plan. I just don't know if he goes for another like another deal like that. He might. He might. Who knows, right? Uh, 
You know what? I'm all in. I'm going to change my mind. I'm all in on giving him three and a half. It's working out right now. And you give him more time with Mitch, Mitch Korn and Pierre Greco, and it can only get better. I don't think he's going, like, after this year, if they just said, okay, like, thank you, that that's it. On the open market, I'm not necessarily sure he's getting more than, like, $4 million per year. I don't think anyone's giving him, like, $5 million a year. But does he get longer term? Like, does someone such as, like, Carolina toss, like, term at him, say, like, come here for four years. We need you. I guess, but if I, I would, the as the Islanders, I would give him four years. I would not give him four years. For like three million and change? I, I, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I give him two max. Okay. Two max? Right. Yeah. That, but that's me. And it's not to say that I don't like Leonard. It's that I prefer other options and I would prefer not to spend that much because we've seen what he could do right now, but we've also seen what he can do before that. So like I have that kind of... Ugh what if scenario and we've seen him let in some some weak weak goals same thing for grace to be fair like every goal is going to let in a weak goal but we've seen more so with leonard so if i'm going to be shaky on either two it's going to be leonard unfortunately for him well, and um, he's going to he's your backup your entire the entire time though is he going to want to do that cuz you're going to have to tell him you're going to be the backup he's going to be playing let's say 30 40 games this year and may, maybe even a little bit more than that and then you're going to tell him two years from now you're going to play 20? Well, you don't have to tell him that now. <laughs> Obviously, I guess, but like, that's pretty, well, that's pretty deceitful. I don't take them as, as being that deceitful. Well, then I would, I would say I would work it as that next year is the same thing. You go Grice and Leonard, same situation. Whoever's yes. playing better, that's it. And then you let Grice go. And then you bring over Sorokin. And then it's Sorokin and Leonard. And then you know, the hope is that Sorokin beats out Leonard in camp. Right. Okay. Fair enough. He probably doesn't in his first. Well, maybe he does. He's 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 pretty good. That save that he put up the other day oh for Team my Russia. God. Oh, my God. Just reaction saved. It's what you want to be able to see. Like he seems like the type of goalie who's in the right position all the time. But if need be, he can toss out a stick or toss out the glove in a, in a very Jonathan Quick type save. Yeah, that was incredible. If you haven't seen it, go. Go look it up. We put it on the website, eyesonisles.com. And if you type it into Twitter, I'm sure it'll come up too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, just absolute beautiful save. It's a save he did for Team Russia against Team Czech Republic in some sort of weird European Cup thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I think the future is Ilya Sorokin. I really do. I, I, I don't see any other way that it's someone else, mainly because we haven't seen Linus Soderstrom and we haven't really seen Jakub Skarik. But then again, we just drafted him this year, so it's kind of not fair. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. I just just something about Sorokin where he's a little I don't know mysterious. You don't know a lot mm-hmm. about him because he's in the KHL. He kind of has like a built up brand, I guess, around himself. But I think he is the better prospect of the three. My well, only easily. fear, my only fear is that you won't be able to get him to come over here. I don't think that's going to be an issue with Lou, Barry, and Mitch. I th- they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out for sure. Okay. Like he he'll want to play for Mitch Corn. Look what he's doing, Thomas Grice and and uh, and Robin Leonard. Look what he's done to those two guys. What do you think he can do with a guy that has the pure raw talent of Elias Sorokin? And how much money is that kid gonna make? Oh, I hope he plays like Jonathan Quick. Like he's gonna make he made that tons comparison. of money. No, just just in general, how much money he's gonna make? Yeah, a lot. If he can put up those video game numbers here in the NHL or even close to it, 
Oh, baby. That'd be incredible. The numbers he's putting up in the KHL is just stupid. But if he could give you a not between 920 and 930 every year. Yeah. If up. he can do that starting 50 games, that would be amazing. That, that, that's a bona fide starter. That we're not asking for the moon. That's like general Carey Price numbers. And Carey Price is a bit better than that. Although over his career, he's like a 918 or something. That's Sergei Bobrovsky even numbers, who's a 920, I think, over his career. That's all we're asking. I guess that's all we're asking. That's a two-time best in a winning goalie. So I guess that is quite a bit. (laughs) But like a quality starting goalie, which the Islanders haven't had in a long, long time. Ever? Well, maybe not ever. Billy Billy Smith. Since Billy Smith. Pretty much. Right? Like who have they had between that? That has any sort of repute? Rick DiPietro? He had some good years. He had a lot of bad ones, uh, mainly because he wasn't playing in them. But outside of him, who? Yaroslav Halak in 2014-15. <laughs> yeah, so he had one good season of Halak, one of maybe three good seasons of Rick DiPietro, and Billy Smith. <laughs> Since 1972. Pretty much. I mean, there's other guys in there who were okay and serviceable, but we're talking oh, about yeah. like bona fide big name starter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Sure, we had some good guys between there for for absolutely, but we didn't have like you're saying that bona fide number one starter, the guy that you put in fifty times a, a, a season, who you expect to give you league average or above goaltending. Yeah, so I I'm hoping it's Sorokin. I think we're both in that boat, correct? Yeah, well, I hope it could be either of the three, but I think it's going to be Sorokin, and I think he comes over in 2021. Yeah. I agree. It's just it's just the bridge to Ilya Sorokin is going to be tough to water. It'll be 2020-2021. Is it? Okay. Yeah, because after next year, which is 2019-2020. Okay, fair enough. So there we go. go There's ahead. that. <laughs> no, I had nothing. I was just exhaling loudly. <laughs> uh, uh, it looked like you wanted to interject, but you were just <laughs> having your, I don't know, long issues. I don't have any lung issues. My only issues are with with my ticker, with my ticker, with the good old heart. Is that working? Are you all right? Oh yeah, the heart, <laughs> the heart works. Okay. My heart works fine. Well, not it doesn't work fine. It's just it's off time. So like everyone else's heart does this, whereas mine goes does that. So it's a good time for the old ticker doc. That can't be comfortable. No, it's not. I take pills for it, and I'm going to get a surgery soon enough. Okay. I think. I think. Good old heart surgery at 34 years old. Yeah. Well, best of luck to you there, Mitch, when that comes. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's talk about some Anthony Beauvillier, Mitch. He's been on fire, and as you wrote today, it's been a tale of two seasons for Anthony. Absolutely, right? Like, we're 32 games in, so split it right down the middle. First 16, second 16. First 16 games, one point. The second 16 games... 13 points. That was the mind blown. Blown? Blown. Yeah, my my mind's in a pretzel just thinking about it, but he went from non-existent in his quote-unquote first half of the 32 games, so the first 16, he was one goal, one point. <laughs> yep. Since then, he can't stop scoring. No, he's got, what, four goals in the last five games? Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, like, and, and I don't even know what to say. 
I don't. It, it just come. It seems to have come out of nowhere. Although, it's, like I wrote in the piece, maybe we owe a little thanks to Michael Dal Cole for uh, putting the fire under his butt. For for the Islanders using him as the fire underneath Anthony Beauvillier's butt. There you go. Michael Dal Cole no longer a bust because he was able to get someone else to be good at hockey. <laughs> there you go. Hey, if you can use him for something, you use it. That's He's also value. destroying the AHL right now. No, he is. I say that facetiously. He is playing extremely well in the AHL, and hopefully that continues. But, like, we saw this last year with Anthony Bovillier. He's just doing it about two months earlier. Yeah, so maybe you're getting, like, 50 to 60 points instead of, like, the 36. And maybe next year there's no break. Huh? <sighs> I would love that. I would love a full year of on fire Anthony Beauvillier. Sign up for that in a heartbeat. Um, but yeah, because last year he went up until he was a little bit better. He had eight points up until July 7th. That's when they sent him January. down to the AHL. Sorry, yes, January, July. Jesus. I don't know what I was thinking of that. I was thinking of the seven. That's why. Okay. Um, Dyslexic. It's all right. Yep. There you go. So they sent him down January 7th, 2018. He stayed down there for two. He played two games. It was a couple of days because yep. he was back in the NHL on the 13th is when he played again. And he scored, I think, on his return. And he scored the next game after that and then was just off to the races, did not stop scoring. Yeah, he was on fire pretty much from January on. Like we said, it was kind of late November where he turned it on for the Islanders, right? Last year? No, like this year, late yes. November. Yeah, well, it was November 15th when he scored the four points against the Rangers. Okay, so mid-November. My timetable is off a little bit. A little bit. It's better than July over January. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think this means that you can't take him away from Barzal now at all? you got to stick him with, keep him there the whole time? No. Why, why would you think that? Because he's been playing out of his mind with Barzal. But he didn't start that way, right? Like, those four points against the Rangers, he was playing with uh, Philpola and, uh, and Komarov. Uh, I guess you're right. Right? Like, that's the thing. It's it's not it's not a Barzell thing. Just as much as Josh Bailey is not a Tavares thing. Um, it, it's a, He's playing in, with a different mindset, and he's playing in a different way. Like, like, you mentioned when he started doing this, he's playing between the dots. He's playing in the slot in that baseball home plate area. I said home plate this time, not just the base. There you go. Thank you. Uh, he's playing, he, maybe not just only reserved to that, but when he's taking his chances, that's where he's taking them, in the high danger areas. Uh, and it's paying off. Sure enough, that's not what he did against the Arizona Coyotes, but like you know what? You can still shoot from anywhere if you've got a good chance. Uh, thank you, Josh ba- uh, Joshua Sang. Uh, but that that's really what has changed. Like He was taking a lot of his chances from outside of the two circles, outside of the home base plate outside of the slot and he's now solidified that and taking his chances within the slot in the high danger areas and it's paying off big time for him when I say big time because it's good for my brand so if you think if they put him on the third line next year let's say for instance or a second okay. line just anything that's not with Barzell you think he'd still be productive like 50 60 points uh, I don't know if I'd say 50-60, but 45-50 or 40-50. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Okay. I think like, the, we know that he is a serviceable NHL player. We know that. We know he belongs in the NHL, um, and he could play with different line mates or different teammates in different types of situations. Um, 
for some reason, you just got to flick a switch with him. I don't know what it is, but something's got to flick with him during the season. I don't know why, because we've seen it two years now, where it's like, okay, you're going to the AHL, and he's like, oh, bleep, what? Uh, bleep is me trying to not say an explicative here. Uh, and then turns it around. This year, it's we're calling up Michael Dalcole. We're giving you one last chance. If you can't do anything on this game, game number 17, we're going to give him your spot. Oh, wait, what? My spot is in jeopardy? Boom, turns it around. You should do that on opening night. Maybe scratch him opening night and then play him through 81 other games after that. Maybe. And his contract is up this year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yeah, he is an RFA. So it's not the same kind of, I think, because they're clearly not going to not give him a qualifying offer. They will clearly keep him around. So you don't have that same kind of like, we're not going to give you a contract carrot in front of his face. Uh but I, I hope that next year they don't have to give him some sort of motivation to get going. I agree with you. I, it, the hope, obvious, is that he's consistent from October to April. But right now we're just seeing it in spurts. We just hope it stays that way for an entire year. Yeah, yeah hopefully. It's going to stop at some point. Like the guy Again, he's got five goals in five games. He's going to stop scoring at some point. I just hope at that point he starts picking up assists because he has two on the year. That's not that's not good. No, you can't be like twenty goals and five assists. Like that's not the acceptable. opposite. Joshua saying like, you can't you can't be that way. No, it, you're more productive if you have less goals and more assists than more goals and less assists. Like yeah, I don't mind having more goals and assists. Like, but like Anders Lee or Anders Lee, sorry, Anders Lee does that often, right? His forty goal season, he had what twenty some odd assists. Mm-hmm. So then again, he did put up 40 goals. Uh, I, I don't care if you put up more goals than assists, but at the rate that you give assists off, right, there's generally two per goal. You think you'd get on the end of a few. Yeah. Just, it's just a few. He's only got two. I'd, li- I'd like to have him, a bit, but I'd like for him to have a bit more. Like at this point, maybe five, seven at most. Just to say that he's, you know, keeping up. Because if he's got another five points, we're looking at an 18 points in 32 games. That's not looking as bad as 13 and 32. Agreed. So, uh, but that, again, is 16 points. There's half of that 32 games, he's got one point. So. We'll see what happens in the next 16, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll tune in at game 48, whenever that is. Yes. So we'll be looking forward to that. As are the New York Islanders fans as they look forward to go to the Nassau Coliseum because they have played three games at the Coliseum. Mitch and I attended one of them, the first one, and each of them has been a sellout crowd, Mitch, which is kind of shocking because if you read Twitter or just anyone's opinion from outside of this area, you would think that we are the only two Islanders fans in existence, that they, they just don't come. There's not enough people. They don't care. Clearly not the case now. They should relocate the franchise, eh? Here in Toronto, we we, we support our teams and we go to the games, eh? And uh, Air in New York, they don't they don't they don't go to the games because they don't they don't show up. And there's pictures from Eric Engels where aren't aren't people in, in in the stands, eh? Stupid Toronto people or Montreal people even there. Hey, y'a pas d'assez de monde au siège, sont pas là. Il faut pas ajouter qu'est-ce qu'ils font. That was, my, that was my French. Did you say the same thing just in French? Uh, well, essentially, I said like, 
they're not going to the game, so what are they doing? What are they doing? Oh, okay. Something like that. Because, um, yeah, you're right. We see it all the time. Remember when the Montreal came, the Montreal Canadiens came to town? Eric Engels had that tweet. Mm-hmm. Was, oh, they don't have a lot of people here. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes, not a lot of people show up to the Barclays Center. We know that. You know If you've come, and you have, because the Montreal Canadiens have come to the Barclays Center since it opened, or since they started playing there in 1516, you would have seen that. This isn't the first time, Eric Engels. Just, we get it. Not a lot of people go. And now, like you're bringing up, People are going to the to the Nassau Coliseum because they want to go to the Nassau Coliseum because it's a venue where the team has not been ostracized, where it has history, where they can access the game or get to the game easily without having to go through Nassau traffic or, or Long Island traffic or New York traffic. Like, it's easy to get to. Yeah, it is because it's a pain in the butt for anyone pretty much on Long Island because for me I'm pre- I'm on the western end of Long Island and it's still like 40 minutes by train think of the people in Suffolk County it's over an hour to get there I, well, just getting anywhere like when, when I was there we went for we went to All American to get a burger and then we went to get a drink at what was the bar that we went to uh, Dark Horse in Rockville Center that felt like we went like halfway across the world it was so fun. I was like, really? Where are you taking me? Are we still in New York or are we going to New Jersey or something? What is happening here? And but, it, that, but that's the thing. Things are far away. It's true. But um, the Coliseum is much closer to the fan base's proximity, which is helping. And there it is. Absolutely. And they can tailgate like they they have the habit of doing. With the, the, the team started in 1972. So from that time, they started tailgating and it left in 2015. I can't do math, but that's what forty-three years. Sounds right. At forty-three years of establishing a tradition, and then all of a sudden you can't. People are going to be mad about that, and rightfully so. Like, what do you mean I can't do that thing I've been doing for forty-three years? What? No, I want to do that thing I've been doing for forty-three years. Uh, sorry, you can't take the LIRR in and transfer to Jamaica, and then uh, maybe in forty-five hours you can get there. Thanks. Like, no, people don't want to go. Yeah, I got and that right, right? The, the transfer to Jamaica? Transfer to Jamaica. That was impressive. Yes. And then, God forbid, you miss your train after the game. Then you got to <laughs> wait around another 40 minutes for another one to come. Oh, my God. that's That sounds like a nightmare. No, it's not a lot of fun. Believe me. You Well, you stayed pretty close to where I live, and then we went to the Coliseum game. 10-minute drive. You're oh, there God. instantly. I couldn't believe it. I, I popped it into the GPS. That I, didn't, it, I didn't see how long it was going to take, and I was going, all right, here we go. And then I turned and it was like, you're at your destination. Wait, what? Already? I'm already home? This is amazing. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? what? And again, I live in Ottawa and our stadium is super far away. Just like essentially Brooklyn. Like it takes an hour to get there by car or by bus. Wow. Like it's, in, it, it's stupid. It's stupid. It's a, it, our city is going through some issues. Um, and Ottawa is going through some issues with its hockey team. I don't know if you've seen the news. but Yes. Um, so it, it that's why it's selling out at the Nassau Coliseum because people want to go, and they're drawing thirteen thousand. They don't draw that at the Barclays Center, even though the Barclays Center is a higher capacity than thirteen thousand. No, yeah, they they wouldn't get thirteen thousand. They're lucky if they get ten some nights. Yeah, on a weekend. So I I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's important to talk about because for what felt like forever. People were giving digs at the Islanders saying, oh, they can't get anyone to show, this and that. Well, when they play where they belong in the Long Island area, because 
Belmont will be Long Island area. They will draw, and it will be good. When they service the fan base and the people that are consuming their product, when they service them adequately, people will patronize their service. What a concept. It's almost like simple business, Mitch. <laughs> almost. Oh. <laughs> Yet, for some reason, I have this eerie feeling that if they do make the playoffs, which they're currently in position to do, I feel like they're going to make the mistake and play the games at the Barclays Center. Yeah, I know. We talked about that before. It, it only makes sense to go to the Coliseum because, yes, you can fill it. You can put less people in. But when you're, again, servicing the fan base adequately, they will keep coming. And if you can sell out the Coliseum for the foreseeable future, you're going to make more money. Because, again, they draw 10,000 at the Barclays Center. They will draw 13 at the Coliseum. That's 3,000 more gate receipts. And if we know anything about hockey finance is that when it comes to financing a team, the biggest income or the biggest source of income is gate receipts, tickets, people going to the games, bums in seats. The more bums in seats, the more money you get. So it just makes sense to go to the Coliseum. It just makes sense. Yeah, over the long term, I agree with you 100%. So. And you can win more. That means more games because if you win more, you go longer. So like it just financially, when you look at it that way, it just makes sense. It said like, well, we can maybe get 2,000 more at the Barclays. Okay, but you can definitely get 3,000 more at the Coliseum and for longer. So math? I know. Question mark? I know. Anyways. So there you go, Mitch. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Want to get to some social stuff? Are we already at the social segment? Yeah, we, we did Nassau, Beauvillier, Sorokin, and Tace. Okay, we're only a half hour in, so let, let's let's go and talk about some power play we get, before we get to the social stuff, because we'd like to make these closer to an hour and give people the content that they, that they crave. Okay. So the power play is scoring. Finally. It took f- forever. But yeah, they, let me pull up the game logs here. Because um, they, they put up the other two night. against the Avalanche? Yep. Oh, beautiful. They didn't score against the Coyotes, but they only had two opportunities. I don't know people say, like, oh, they only had two opportunities. They didn't score. They should have scored one. Well, if they did, that's a 50% efficiency. Like, when you think about it average-wise, the best power play in the league, I think, is the Winnipeg Jets. And they're just at 30%. So that's one in three. That's less than one in three. So, like, think about it that way. Yeah. Okay. In the law of averages, when you break it down game by game, anyways. Um, but yeah, you're right. They hadn't scored in like since Moses walked the earth. It was a long time. Yes, yeah. so the dinosaurs certainly were walking the last time they did score. So if that gives you any perspective, it was the Jurassic period or the Jurassic period. One of those periods. I believe the Jurassic one, the one that the park was named after. <laughs> that was the middle one, right? There's the Cretaceous, the Jurassic, and the Jurassic, or something like that. I don't know. You're way over my head with science. Some, someone will correct me. Um, so between November 18th and December 12th, so almost a full month, they scored one power play goal. One. You want to stretch that out even longer. Between November 1st and December 18th, sorry, maybe not December 18th, and December 12th. So November 1st to December 12th, they scored one, two, three, four, five power play goals. You're like, well, you know, five, whatever. They had I don't I I'm not gonna count them because that's way too many games. But in the first like three games I'm looking at here, they had like 15 opportunities. <laughs> so oh, they're no. already at less than 30 percent, but they're at exactly 30 percent. 
They uh, were bad. They were real bad for so long because they look. We talked about it forever. They couldn't. They couldn't generate any offense because they couldn't enter the zone. If they did enter the zone, they weren't able to generate any chances because they weren't passing the puck around with any sort of vigor, any sort of uh, decisiveness, any sort of plan in motion. And even if they did do that, they weren't getting any shots on net. So no. like, that's three factors that are vital to a power play. Gaining access to the zone, passing the puck around to, to move defenders, and shooting the darn puck. And they weren't doing any of those three things. No, they did, certainly didn't at all. And... <sighs> Do we want to give credit to Josh Hosang? Because they have been better ever since he got called up, even though he doesn't have a point on the power play. Um, I, I Definitely. If, if I can pump his tires, I will. Um, but I, I think we both agree that that's not necessarily true. No, I just want to draw that conclusion. <laughs> I want to jump to that conclusion and talk it into existence. Sure, so if I there could you start, go. If I could start that narrative, if I could be the driver <laughs> the catalyst. of that. Yeah, that will be great. Yeah, I, you could be right. I think it's more of a coaching issue because because it seems like it's a structural thing. They're making the, the, the smarter plays in, in terms of bringing the puck into the zone, more straight line, streamlined entries rather than these like ridiculous super dumps where you have to like see this small crack, this small chink in the armor to get the puck in the zone. And they're shooting it. They may not be passing it with any sort of vigor or, 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 or Christmas or purpose, Christmas, crispness, uh, but they're at least getting the puck on the net, and that's that's proving vital. The goal, the first one, the one that Matthew Barzell scored, they just toss it on net and it popped out to him. And then the one the other night that Anders Lee scored, Anders Lee, sorry, that Anders Lee scored, I'm not going to be able to go over, get over the Anders Anders. I know. The one that Anders Lee scored uh, was Nick Letty just tossing it on net and he deflected it in. That's a pure Anders Lee goal. That's what he does. Um, and they haven't. They've been getting away from that. They had a forty point. They put a forty goal score parked in front of the net, and they weren't giving him the puck. What are you doing? No, that just doesn't make any sense logically at all. <laughs> no, no. It's like I'm gonna bring this to soccer, and I'm sure there's a bunch of soccer fans out there. That's like having a fifty million dollars striker out front, and you're not giving him any service. What is he gonna do? He he's not tracking back. Strikers don't track back. Don't track back. Generally speaking, they stay up front, and they're the poacher type thing. You're not going to get, if you can't get him the puck or you can't get him the ball, he's not going to put it in the back of the net. Just like Anders Lee, if you don't get him the puck, he's not going to put it in the back of the net. So, like, that was a, a simple problem and it seems to be being fixed or addressed. Yeah, I I certainly feel like there's more cohesiveness. It took long enough. Like, it <laughs> oh God, really Jesus, took long yes, enough. So do you think it's sustainable? Like, do you think, I'll say, let's just break it down this way. Over the last three games, so since um, the Detroit game, they have scored three power play goals. They have had 12 opportunities. So that's uh, what percentage? Three over 12, so that's a quarter, so... 25. So 25% efficiency. That's pretty good. That's really good. Is that sustainable? I'm going to go no. I think they're going to be, I'll say 20%. Oof, that's a big shout. I think they're... More along like yeah, an eighteen. I, I guess that's kind of splitting hairs because only two percent. But I, I don't think they get above like sixteenth in the league. Okay, so a little, a slightly below average or average. Yeah, I'm just like right there at the average mark. Okay. Very, very, very on the fence. Cause <laughs> shout out by Mitch. There you go. That Mitch <laughs> loves that on the fence. So I'm up for the that. Fence. <laughs> I could argue either way. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> the eye roll. <laughs> I just know you too well, buddy. 
Oh, beautiful. So that's all I wanted to say about the power play. Perfect. I'm glad that we worked that in. And of course, we mentioned Josh Hosang. And I think I have to mention before the show ends that I'm a goddamn genius because I predicted him to score first yesterday. I had some Josh Hosang telepathy. I am the leader of the Josh Hosang is good camp. So he told me, he said, Matt, I'm going to score the first goal today. I had the insider info. So put it up on the site. Everyone laughed. Everyone scoffed. They said, no, he's not going to score. He hasn't scored. He's not a shooter. And he scores a nasty goal. And we all win because Josh Hosang was happy and I'm happy. And that's it. Sorry, I fell asleep there. Did you go on a soliloquy about about your were right with Joshua Sang's goal? Was that what I just missed here? No, because a, a soliloquy is, is is much shorter than not what I just did. I did oh, that was okay. more like my magnum opus. <laughs> magnum opus, okay, sure, fine. You're right. All praise be Matt O'Leary. Ah, uh, we're not worthy. We are not worthy. We didn't pick the winning the the, the the goal score for the one game once. Good job by you. I feel like you're trying to diminish my <laughs> telepathy. <laughs> Sorry. You are the, the, the best telepathic person I know. Oh, thank whatever you. that's supposed to mean. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right, Mitch, let's get into some social stuff. There was a couple funny things that we wanted to go over first. You had a picture from Twitter, which I absolutely love. So explain that one. So this is from at Josh Elkin. He didn't send it to us, but he just put it out there on Twitter and he used the IELTS hashtag. Good on you for using the IELTS hashtag. And he says, of course, I'm wearing a Clayton Keller jersey and I run into Coach Trotz. His idea to cover up the logo. What a gem. So the picture is Josh and Barry Trotz. And Barry Trotz has his shirt covering the Coyotes logo. It's very obvious, but... It was it's a fantastic picture. He's covering it up. It's so he's, funny. He's, it's like his sweatshirt or jacket or something just covering up the logo, and he's smiling from ear to ear. It's a great picture. Definitely check it out on Josh's uh, Twitter feed because that gave me a good laugh. That was funny. So, again, at Josh Elkin is, um, is the Twitter feed. It's just <laughs> it's so funny. You can still see the <laughs> just covering it up. Oh boy! Uh, beautiful. Uh, what? This is our coach, by the way. Love it. That, that's my coach. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, where are they at? Top Golf? Oh, he's going to. Yeah, they're at Top Golf. Good for them. Get some golf in you. There you go. My, I had another one. So, okay. Mitch has just recently gotten into baseball, so he didn't know who this was, but I gave him the briefing now. Yes. So, Andrew Gross, for the context, tweets out. Barry Trotz said Brock Nelson is a game-time decision and Thomas Hickey is being evaluated. Both reported to Gila River Arena this morning. Neither skated. So people respond, which which happens quite often to when people tweet out news, but I was not expecting this response. Kurt Schilling, the baseball pitcher, now turned political guy, I guess, Political Twitter know. personality. I don't know what you would want to call him. I think I didn't did. know who he was ten minutes ago. He might do, or at one point did a radio show for Breitbart or something like that. It, it, it's a Oof. whole thing. Uh, so he tweets back anyway. What's your gut on Nelson if he doesn't lace up? What do lines one and two look like tonight? I mean, this can't be real. This guy was born in Alaska, Mitch. Why the heck does he care about the New York Islanders? He never played for the Yankees or the Mets. He never stayed on Long Island, from what I know. 
why why do you care about the Islanders or Brock Nelson? I don't understand. First off, again, I didn't know who he was. I, the the name rang a bell, and I was like, "Isn't he a baseball player?" Uh, I didn't know that he was born in Alaska. I didn't know he was on potentially Breitbart. Um, I don't know why this is important, aside from the fact that it doesn't seem like he had any ties to the New York Islanders ever. Um, yet he's quite involved in what Brock Nelson's status is and what lines one and two are going to be, or two and three. Like that seems strange. Seems like this guy is, is very well invested in the New York Islanders, and it, it is taking you for a spin. I, I it just doesn't. It's just so random. Like he has really turned at heel. Like ever since he was, like he was a player, great baseball pitcher. But now he has like all these uh, a very strong opinions on politics. Like it got him fired from ESPN because he was a baseball analyst there because some of his takes on social media were a little questionable. And then I'm clicked on his page now. It doesn't say uh, Breitbart in his bio, but I'm pretty sure he did. Also, he has a podcast. He's on iTunes, so you can check him out if you want. Maybe he'll explain his Brock Nelson love on his podcast. Maybe he does. I don't really I don't follow him personally. I just stumbled across this and was like, wow, that is really random. Why did mm. that happen? I have to know that why. That is quite random. I yeah. Uh, maybe you should ask him, tweet him from the Eyes on Alice account, be like, Hey, are you uh an Islanders fan? PS Maybe and see what he says. Sounds like a plan. There you go. Execute. And Mitch, you had one more for the Social segment? Yeah, you had to explain this one to me again because I guess I'm old and I don't understand anything. Um, Lou Lamorella was going to be a, a bit player or have a part in The Sopranos? Okay, so do you it, know what The Sopranos like, is? I know what The Yes, I know what The Sopranos is. Uh, I don't is. know, Mitch, you're Canadian. I, sometimes you might not know things, especially about something that's like New York or New Jersey culture. We wouldn't know like one of the most important TV shows of all time. I've never watched it. But I know it exists and I know what it's about. That's like saying, hey, have you ever seen The Wire? Yes, I've seen The Wire. And yes, I know what it, The Wire is. All right. But I don't or The know Simpsons, if... for that fact. Sheesh. So I'm assuming they have HBO in Canada. Yeah, we have HBO in Canada. We also have the internet. You know the internet exists up here, right? I don't know. From my understanding, it's all maple syrup and hockey, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. That's what it is. So... He apparently, Lou Lamarillo, when he was with the New Jersey Devils, he wanted to be a part of the show, and he wanted to play an extra in one of the scenes. But when he got the part, he found out that he was going to have to be an extra at a strip club in the show, and he didn't want himself to be associated with the strip club because he thought that people would think that Lou Lamarillo in real life goes to strip club when really he's just playing a role on TV. Yeah, well, that that's fair. It's not good for the brand to be associated with an adult or a gentleman's club, necessarily. Um, when your brand is supposed to be like Mr. Squeaky Clean Disciplinarian. Um, so, I, I, I get it. Um, but he wanted to be an extra. See, that that's the important part here. It's not, not, not like they came to him seeking him. He sought them out. He wanted to be on the show. So, big fanboy, Lou Lamorello. It was a huge show in like the late '90s and early 2000s. Oh yeah, I I remember it well. I, I again never watched it. 
I know who the characters are. I know James Gandolfini was Tony Soprano. I know his wife and his son, and uh, he had a therapist and whatnot. Um, but I, I've never seen a show mainly because I don't like uh, mafia type things. It's not my it's not my cup of tea. I have also never seen it, and I feel like that's a sin for someone from New York or New Jersey. But I know that's a very good show. So Matt hasn't seen. The Sopranos and lives in New York. So at him at, at Matt O'Leary NY um, with your disgust and disdain. Yeah, you could tell me how much of a fool I am, which I will <laughs> agree with you with for the most part. Okay, fair enough. All right. All right. Anything else you want to hit on on today's episode? I don't think so. Three wins in a row. So uh, again, if you want post game content, we have our Patreon account open and ready to accept any and all of your uh, patronage. Uh, we record a podcast after every show and we've recorded one after the last three games where they've won and it has been fantastic to live these things day by day. I just, oh, these three games, last three games, two out of three, perfect. Agree. It was a lot of fun. Post games are a lot of fun. We stayed up late the last couple of nights. Oh, I can't wait to go to bed at a regular time tonight. Yes, I'm very excited for that. Uh, so you could stay tuned for that, like we said. Subscribe on Patreon. For my bedtime. <laughs> no, for the podcast. My mind's at a pretzel, Mitch. I can't do this anymore. We got to get off. Okay, let's go. So I'm going to do some plugs before we get out of here. Uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes, Spreaker, wherever, please share, subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. It really helps with our searchability and helps us create even more content. So we appreciate it. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch is, is at T L O Mitch. You can like our Facebook page too, facebook.com slash eyes on Isles. Make sure to visit the website eyes on Isles.com for all your New York Islanders needs with blogs and writing and content like that. And of course you can download our app, the eyes on Isles app available for iPhone or Android. So you can get push notifications whenever an article is published and all stuff like that. That's beautiful. Good plug. Thank you. That was fun. Mitch episode 70 in the books. It's been fun. Oh, it's been a good time. So 71 next week. I think someone's born 71. So there you I'm, go. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Uh, oh, big day for Matt O'Leary next for next Wednesday show. Was it the peck? The Peck? Pe- Pe- my, my, Michael Pekka? No. Okay. Why? <laughs> why? Let, let's confused. leave the suspense there. Let's leave the suspense there. For why it was a big, why it's a big week for me next week? Yeah. All right. I'll tell you on next week's episode why it's a big day for me that day. Perfect. Okay. All right. That'll do it for us. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.